Money FM 89.3, best of weekends. Hey, let's talk about the environment because uh, it is something we often talk about here on the show global warming, climate change, and what's being done about it. Just over a week ago, there was the launch of Earth 300 here in Singapore, um, a global collaborative effort to focus on doing environmental research at sea. And we are uh, going to talk now with Aaron Alavera, who is the CEO of Earth 300, to tell us more about what is, in effect, a research ship that is being built that is going to be funded uh, by different concerns and get out and try and at least identify and hopefully solve some of these challenges that we have uh, with our global climate change. Aaron, great to have you with us today on Money FM. Thank you for having me, Glenn. Thank you so much for uh, having me. Oh, my pleasure. And I was at the launch that you did a little over a week ago. It was amazing the uh, the technology that you're going to do. And, and tell us, uh, first of all, just give us a little bit of the overview of the ship that you're building to house these scientists and people that are concerned about the environment. Yeah, so um, essentially, Glenn, the, the vessel will be built as an extreme technology platform, you know, for a state-of-the-art science at sea, um, to do science exploration and research, incorporating robotics, AI, we'll have quantum computing, IoT, so the latest and greatest technology, you know, giving access to the brightest and smartest scientists on board. We'll have 160 scientists ranging from marine to land to space to air scientists, so taking a systemic approach to, to thinking and to, to action and giving equipping them with a level of technology which uh, would have been unprecedented uh, 20 years ago, but today it's it's all available. So the vessel is, uh, in, just to give you an idea of the size, you know, it's... Um, it's a two, it's a, sorry, 300 meters in length, it's 46 meter wide, and it's 61 meter its top point. Um, and essentially, it's a, ve- it's a vessel that's got the overall size of a cruise ship, but it's not a cruise ship. Hmm. It's got the overall look of a super yacht, but it's not a super yacht. Um, it's got the technology to rival an aircraft carrier, but it's not an aircraft carrier. <laughs> and it's, it's going to have the endurance and the exploration skills of an explorer vessel, but it's not an explorer vessel. It's all of those put together into one package. It's an extraordinary idea, Aaron. I mean, where did it come from? I mean, where, what was the eureka moment when you thought, you know, not land, sea? We need to put all of these things together and put them on a, f- yeah. on a vessel. Yeah, great question, Neil. And again, I, I don't think it was one Eureka moment. You know, I think it was maybe like 20 different ones, you know, that and it evolved. But I was uh, back in 2015 in, in the Maldives uh, developing a result with a consortium of top-level experts. And I went for a dive and I saw that the corals were dead, right? They were beautiful, but white skeletons, yeah? And so I, I asked why, and they told me it was because of over-acidification into the oceans. And I realized to myself, it's like, you know, I mean, I, I, I like... Um, to stay in nice resorts and things, but what's the point of building another resort if, if, if the, the way that the planet is behaving and reacting backwards is, is not sustainable, right? I mean, we've just one degree of warming. We've seen extreme weather events, which are deceivingly discreet, but when these events, you know, cascade and compound, they can produce uh, forms of unimaginable violence, right? So I started learning and immersing myself in the topic, and I said to myself, how cool would it be if we could use kind of the... The high-end uh, private citizen uh, travel and exploration world uh, to advance the cause of science, right? And so that was the idea. And I said, imagine, you know, if you had the late great architects and scientists and inventors all in one room together, you know. So I, I usually say, imagine if we had Da Vinci and Dali 
Galileo and Cousteau, Newton, Columbus, and Hemingway. And they're coming out with all these incredible ideas. It's multidisciplinary, and they've got access to this technology where they can essentially address any major challenge. And so the idea was to put all of this together into one package. And um, to come to the other part of your question, why on a ship? It's because, well, firstly, the oceans are the beating heart of the, of the planet. Without oceans, there cannot be any life. You know, we, we are also 70% water. So essentially, uh, you need to be on the oceans to study the oceans. Number two, it's, a, it's an immersive environment. And the kind of relationships that you build when you're on a ship are very different to those when you build on land. And number three, and probably most importantly, it's truly global. So you can touch seven continents. You can visit 150 non-landlocked countries. And it's a global project. It doesn't belong to one nation. And it's independent. And then also you've got the action component to it, right? That it's, it's kind of it's, it's cool and beautiful and, uh, and exciting to be on a vessel that's moving with all of this technology. Yeah. And um, I, realized, I, I realized that, you know, there's, there's nothing like this. There's nothing that's ex- really, truly exciting and captivating that can inspire volcanic imaginations of people and allow them to kind of come together, you know, on a common platform and address problems together. And it was an evolution, you know, it started in 2015 and the vessel didn't become as big as it is now until late 2018 when I was with my designer in Barcelona. And again, you know, I, I live in Singapore, but I used to be in Barcelona every month, once, sometimes twice. And it was a very intense process working together with him. And the idea was to you know, design an object that would be able to capture everybody's imaginations on a global scale, but also their their the their hearts, right, and bring mm-hmm. them along for the ride. Aaron, uh, Aaron, it's good. just a shame that you're not excited about this project. That's yeah. all I have to say. <laughs> <laughs> and let me let me jump in right there because as our friends on Facebook Live are watching, um, they're seeing actually it, behind you is a picture of the bow of the ship. Yeah, and it, that's right. If, if people haven't seen the full model, it might have a hard time understanding what that is. Now, I've, I've put the URL into the Facebook Live chat uh, okay. for, uh, for Earth 300. But this ship is really interesting. I mean, it's going to hold 167 scientists and then have 20 suites for uh, high-end paying customers who, who are also on. But the, the view of this ship is just is really unbelievable. I don't know if you have a smaller picture that you can hold up to your camera on Facebook to show us the what the whole ship looks um, like. Uh, but people can certainly go to to earth300.com and 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 see it there. Uh, it's yeah, very, no, very interesting. No, no. Not here handy, uh, Glenn. I got it on the outside. But um, no, okay. yeah, again, again, it was built as a scientific sculpture, right? Something mm. that would be beautiful and that everybody would know, and then you would be able to affect change. And on the 20 VIP suites, you know, we're calling them very inspiring people suites because only 10 are actually leased to private citizens. Okay. The other 10, we invite remarkable, inspiring individuals who who have some accomplishments perhaps, but have not been recognized to the level of a VIP, very important person. And these people navigate complimentary. So the passage is complimentary. And again, we want to provide an inter-geographic, uh, uh, intercultural, interdisciplinary, and also inter-intelligence dialogue platform where you're bringing people with different kinds of intelligences, right? And, and I usually say, you know, if you take a to- uh, uh, one of the leading CEOs in the world, you know, um, and you put them in, in, a, in a jungle, they may not survive two days, but if you take a jungle person and put them in Davos, they, they won't look very smart, right? So you've got different <laughs> kinds of intelligences, and the idea is having this melting pot on the vessel where we democratize science and, and the experience. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I was going to say, Aaron, I'm, I'm just fascinated, I'm sure our listeners will be, by the logistics of it. So these scientists, yeah. these these great brains that you mentioned, they'll be on the vessel sort of semi-permanently, and then you know, guests will pay to... 
I, I'm guessing listen to them, listen to their lectures and talks yeah, or workshops, and, and that's how and that's how you fund the vessel through these package yeah, these suites. Yeah, a hundred percent. So we have a few communities on board. We have the scientific community, then we have also the private community, and these mm. these vessels. You know, it's, we, what we're trying to do is uh, an activity known as citizen science, where citizens can come along for the ride and not only contribute to the science but also participate. It's right. So I always say, you know, on this vessel, you know, it would be like you know sitting under the tree with Newton when the Apple falls, you know, or being in the, in the lab with uh, with uh, Edison holding electrodes, you know, when he discovers that using, you know, the Japanese bamboo is the best sort of material for the filament or something mm. like this, and you're there participating. And of course, there's the the uh, the private citizens, the tourism and travel are funding the majority of the vessel. Absolutely, this right. is the way that it will be done. Then we have media, we have some some other revenue streams that are also very relevant. Well, you mentioned revenue streams. I've just seen the vessel. It is it is something extraordinary. Yeah, yeah, it's the unbelievable. Size, right? the yeah. scale, yeah. the ambition. Yeah. So, as the word yeah. behind me says, how do you pay for it? The money is that from private funding? Yeah. How does it work? Private investment? Yeah. Yeah, so it will be private money, absolutely, and and then the traditional banking instruments and mechanisms. And now there's a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, banks looking at green finance, sustainable mm. finance, and these kind of things. Impact funding, you know, impact finance. So all of this is is of course in the works, absolutely. Yeah, we're talking with Aaron Oliveira, the CEO of Earth 300, a new project that is going to be a, a large research vessel with um, over 150 uh, researchers on board uh, and also regular people on board as well who are inspiring in some way, shape, or form. And Aaron, I know you're in, still in the planning stages of, of designing this ship and, and putting it all together. What does your timeline uh, look like for actually getting this Earth 300 ship on the water? Yeah, so very interesting question. So, you know, back when we uh, we started the project, you know, in 2015, and again, this is a project that's headquartered in Singapore, and it's really been evolving in Singapore with a, a global network of individuals, and we got it now in 2021, and we're now at the stage where we have the vessel design, we have the preliminary naval design done, so we're now going to shipyards to get a bit package together, then we get it costed, and then it would take another year of more design, more detailed design, and then next year, by the middle of 2020, we can cut steel and then it takes three years you know um, where, uh, for, to build the ship so we're looking at middle of 2025 and in total you know you're talking about a 10-year project in a sense right with the idea started in 2015 it's only coming online finally 2025 20, uh, but the other thing that's interesting here Glenn and, and Neil is that we're also starting an accelerator which is built in Singapore to accelerate technologies that are very relevant for our vessel but also marine tech earth tech so we have a couple of companies involved in that and mm. we're cooperating with a Singapore Singapore Space and Technologies Limited, you know, where they are helping us with accelerating technologies. I mean, all of the, the latest technologies come from space. So so that's where the cutting edge is. And that's another thing we're doing. So it, the project doesn't start when the vessel is built. It starts now. You know, we already start galvanizing people and, and uh, incorporating all of these uh, uh, sustainable technology companies that are doing great things already. Fascinating. It is, uh, Aaron, it's, a, it's an amazing project. And uh, one, one last question, I guess, would would be how do you feel like this is going to fit in with all the other research vessels that are currently operating there? I mean, you have the Cousteau Society, you have, you have many others out there who have been at sea for Absolutely. decades. Absolutely. Right? How, Absolutely. how does Earth 300 fit in? That, that's that? a great question. I love that question. So, so yeah, there's great vessels like the RV Falco uh, by, owned by Eric Schmidt, or the Ocean X by Dalio, now REV Ocean in, in, in Norway. So essentially our vessel, you know, the way that we see our vessel is a vessel that will be able to actually assist – 
uh, all, of, all of these other vessels also by, you know, we're going to have a quantum computer on board, or that's the plan right now. You know, so we'll have an immense amount of processing power. So the idea would be to become a kind of a mission deployment and set central processing a station where we cooperate with all of these other vessels that are at sea. Because there's a lot of great vessels, great work being done out there, but the work sometimes it cannot be processed immediately because they don't have access to the equipment and all that. And certainly the latest vessels have really advanced equipment, but in 2025, when this is built, the equipment that will be available will be, you know, very different. The technology world moves very quickly. So that's how we see it. We see it as, as a vessel that's going to be able to connect with all these others and accelerate also the activities that they are, they are, take, they are, they are having. Aaron, yeah. as I'm listening to you, thinking about that it's going to be headquartered in Singapore, I just did something recently, some writing about space and, and will Singaporean ever go into space and um, you know yeah. what are the obstacles to that? Will Singaporeans yeah. ever send uh, rockets into space? And it seems to me <laughs> this kind of vessel is the sort of thing that could maybe facilitate that element of the Singaporean space program, for want of a better word. How would this vessel, because it is headquartered in Singapore, how will it potentially help Singapore and Singaporeans? Uh, that's another great question, Neil. I love that question. So essentially, you know, Singapore is known for iconic projects already. Mm. Um, and again, it's an incredible country where you have access to the latest technologies, an incredible network of individuals. They're globally connected and being so small in size, they've been able to do amazing things. So I believe that this vessel would be able to help Singapore further connect to the world in a, in a more global way in the sense that the vessel is global because it goes to the different parts of the world and it can allow also the Singapore community to connect with people around the world at a completely different level. Certainly also, again, you know, Singapore in terms of space, even though it's a small country, they're, they're very advanced in terms of space technologies. So I believe that we can definitely cooperate very closely with, the, with Singapore companies, perhaps with the government, you know, and do things on a larger scale where we connect the oceans to, the, to, the, to space, you know, because again, even though this vessel is on the oceans, it's not just about sea research, it's about planetary research. So we're taking, you know, all of the different spheres, the hydrological sphere, you know, the magnetosphere, we take it all. And just finally for me, Aaron, mm. do you have a personal ambition for this? I love speaking to creative people, a dream, I hope one day we do this. I mean, do you, at the back of your mind, is there anything that, wouldn't it be great if we do this absolutely absolutely uh, another great question and so so essentially you know the ultimate aim of this vessel is to be able to inspire you know ecological imagination you know and allow people to dream together and allow countries and nations to cooperate together so the vision for the vessel you know and when i sat down with my designer in barcelona i said to him look i want this to be designed as something coming from another planet and it's coming basically you know like those movies when we're being attacked or like an asteroid and only <laughs> then do we get together and we work together and we realize that we need to put aside our differences and work together on a common good so my ultimate mm. uh, uh, idea for this vessel would be to be a project that can unite countries around the world to cooperate together on the big issues, right? Um, and that's really, I think, uh, what would be ideal for me. Be seeing countries cooperating, not fighting, you know, I mean, I think this is really, I mean, again, you know, we are the only life form on the planet that has the ability to think creatively, you know, just now before I came on, uh, Glenn mentioned, you know, obey your traffic signs, you know, and it's very funny because, you know, we don't need to obey genetic code or instincts, you know, like Dan Pink says, I can ask my genes to jump in the pool, right? Mm. And so the idea is that we need to be able to get together, work together, and I believe that there is no problem that cannot be solved if we get our heads together and, and work in unison. Yeah. Aaron, uh, just one last quick question, and that is about propulsion. LL Tan, one of our Facebook Live 
friends is asking us about the uh, the propulsion system. Jean-Jacques uh, Lavigne replied the, about the fact that you're going to be using this molten, what's called molten salt reactor technology. Reactor. Uh, yes. Uh, essentially a nuclear uh, powered by nuclear power. Uh, tell uh, us, uh, tell us what you can about the safety of that and and what that looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, essentially, back in the sixties, the U.S. government had developed two different kinds of nuclear. You know, one of them was expensive, volatile, and uh, very dangerous, and the other one was le- less costly, uh, safe, and uh, and uh, much more uh, friendly. In the sense that, you know, the way that fission occurs is, um, you know, it happens at 800 degrees. So with traditional nuclear reactors, which is using pressurized water reactors, you have a lot of steam being created. And that's why you have this big kind of bowls, right, where you have the steam. So with a molten salt reactor, um, you don't have that interaction because the salt only evaporates at 1800 degrees. So, so you have that, that level of that layer of safety over there. And again, this is something that's been tested already, something that Bill Gates is behind. So over the last mm. 12 years with his company called TerraPower, he's been developing this in the US. And just last year in November, the US government gave them a grant to, to produce this with a consortium of nine companies. One of those companies is called CoPower. They're headquartered in, in, uh, in UK. They were also in Singapore before. Um, and they are commercializing this technology for maritime. So again, I'm not a technical person. Person. You know, we've got great companies involved, uh, like like Copower and also Warzilla, helping us with the with propulsion systems. But that's that's essentially um, the the comparison yeah. between traditional nuclear and this new nuclear, which is not really new; it's just never been used. Yeah. Well, we wish you all the best with it, Aaron. It's a fascinating initiative, and, and I know what you're thinking. Don't worry, Glenn and I are willing to share one of your sweets. Okay. <laughs> you don't need to give us separate sweets. We're happy to slum it, and we will come on and do the very first broadcast. Yeah. from Earth 300 yeah. as it's being launched. Yeah. We'll do a play-by-play yeah. as it's Hopefully it'll be the first Singapore. interplanetary uh, broadcast because the sky's the limit with these guys, right? Absolutely. We're going to send it far and wide, Aaron. <laughs> You'll be the first guest. Aaron Oliveira. Thank you. It will be a great honor. Yeah, Aaron Oliveira, CEO of Earth 300. Thanks for being with us today. Great luck on the project. And please come back on again and tell us uh, when you hit your next milestone. Thank you so much, Glenn. Thanks, Neil. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SBH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.